Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, y'all? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Thank you guys so much for being here. You know this show is created to discuss life topics, to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. Now, you know I go around the planet trying to find the best humans on it to bring them on here to speak with us and grow and push the way we think. So today I found Margaret Agard, and she is an award-winning author of In His Footsteps Memoirs, a Christian mystic, Reiki healer, a former executive in a high-tech industry, and she's also a wife and a mother of eight grown children. Whoa, you had a busy household, Margaret. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I know it's nice when they're grown, though, isn't it? They they bring a different aspect, a different element uh, to parenting when they're adults, right? That's what I say. Like, if they finally get to where you can talk to them and they leave. (laughs) (laughs) at first it's sad but then it's like "Hmm, maybe not maybe not right exactly (laughs) that's so funny so margaret um i have a beautiful audience um and i think this last month we got about 30 plus thousand downloads a month so you're speaking to a beautiful audience who is very engaging um and uh i like to have them know who it is I'm bringing on the show. So my very first question, which is always a little question, is who is Margaret? So if you could just let us know a little more about you, that'd be awesome. Okay, so, well, right now I'm a retired Margaret, still writing, living in Florida. I could say we we did it because it's trite, but here we are. And um, <laughs> as, as you put it, I'm a mother and author, and I'm living this life that I didn't, didn't expect let's just say it wasn't in my 20-year plan but I'm loving this life yeah good good what part of Florida are you in it's it's called the forest and it's in between um Orlando and Jacksonville it's about halfway from either of those yeah nice nice my daughter lives in um 
Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale. And oh, um, you lived there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful, Florida. I love it there. Yeah. She's about um, five hours from me on the coast. So I'm like, yeah, it's a trip. Yeah. yeah, it's a trip. But at least they're not across. Like I have kids that live in Texas and yeah. I'm like, that's a trip because I'm in Connecticut. So oh, I'm like I'm in Texas too. Look, Nina, they're just yeah. like, this is what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to Florida and Texas. What Texas, is that? Right, yeah. right. Why is that? No, they, they love it. They love it. They're right now they're in Austin. Uh, okay. in, in San Antonio. So they're like all over there. So that's great. So Margaret, yeah. I'm really glad that you're here. Um, I wanted to have you on because I really like, uh, you know, your energy and what you are about. And I know that you're an author and you like to write. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. So I wanted to talk to you about like what you write about. And then we want to get into like why, why you write about what you write about. So I know you had eight kids, which is a super busy household trying to manage all those different personalities and different things that they like, right? Because it's amazing to me how we can raise our children in the same house and have con completely different humans and different outcomes. Yes. <laughs> all right. Yes. I wish God would just give us one cookie cutter manual for each one, but he goes, surprise. Oh my gosh, yes. I almost starved my second son because my first son would just scream all the time. Right. Wait till I thought he was really hungry. My second son would go, eh, and that was it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So tell me about uh tell me about the books that you write and, and why you've gotten into to doing that. So the, the first one in his footsteps, I gave my to-do list to God is I was actually the life-changing part of what happened to me. And again, mm -hmm. It came just like I'm um, giving my to-do list to him. It was, he sort of guided me through the process of writing down what happened when I did that and then turning it into a book. Wow. So there it is. I think I've sold about 13,000 copies at this point. And well, then talk to me about that. I want to know about that a little bit. Let's talk I about In His Footsteps. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. And then the second one is also called In His Footsteps. But oh, it is. Okay. We sold everything and served missions, my second husband and I. And so the, I, I would have, I should have called it what I thought of it as was emails from the mission field because it was just the emails of what I was learning and what people mm. how we were serving people you know we taught in the jail and things like that right lived in the inner city and then um, the third book which I hope is done <laughs> <laughs> there's also something his footsteps and it has to do with marriage I think it's becoming one with Parker. So oh, my second husband. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So, so talk to me about, um, the first book and, and what, cause you said that was life changing. So I want to know what that means. Like, what were you going through or what did you go through that, you know, had you or prompted you to write that book? So it actually, when it started, I was actually, in, I, I didn't write it for about 10 years after I started giving my mm -hmm. to-do list to God. But there were a lot of things that happened during that time that I could then recap. And mm. I think of it as my own personal chicken soup for the soul book, where it's like on here and then here. And, mm. um, and what happened is at one point, God said, I want you to write with your life on the internet. Now, this was back in 2000. WordPress wasn't even a product. Right, right. So I, was, I was like, hmm, let me see how I'm going to do that. And I found this place called Open Diary, which is still... Um, is still out there and i just wrote to the people on on there and and then i've already been doing that for about a year year and a half i felt like god said now i want you to take those stories the ones especially that people responded to 
and made a difference to them. And I want you to turn those into a book, which is mm. what I do. That took me a while. And then let me see. I think the, so that's really how it happened. Like it was more, right. here, just write this, write what's actually going on when you get up and say, what do you want me to do today, God? And sometimes oh, I was okay. you know, very obedient. And sometimes I was like, huh, I don't know. And then <laughs> and sometimes real life, real yeah, life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I just uh, the whole attitudes we have with, with the idea of really, really turning your life over to God. Because yeah, to me, yeah. when I figured it out later, it was, um, you know, people say, I want to give my life to God. I want to find my higher purpose. And, but for me, I realize my life is my day and my day mm. is my to-do list. So to change my life. I had to change that, in essence, that to-do wow. list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about a to-do list. What does that look like? What What is that, a to-do list? Well, at one point, I had like a five-page to-do list. Because <laughs> every time someone said, I need, I thought, I have to do that, I'd just write it there. And then i try to figure out each day what I should do. And having been an executive in the high-tech industry, I did know how to set priorities. Right. But for a lot of people, some people keep it in their head and some of us, and I'm sure many of your listeners are the kind who write down what you're going yeah. to do today. Okay. And so I guess I'm going to go like my one for tomorrow has things like go to the dump, get the car right. washed like that. Right? right. Call this friend. And then I go to God, like, what do you want me to do? And I put that on the to-do list. Okay. But, got it. Okay. Yeah. And I'm one of those people who like, if I do something that's not on the list or I used to be, I would add it to the list so I could cross it off. Right. Right. Uh, I'm speaking, I think, to some of your listeners who <laughs> are like, yeah. that's me. Okay. Yeah. So, right. Mm -hmm. So then, so then the to-do list that you were giving to God uh, or you were writing um, for God, like, was it because you wanted to see what he was prompting you to do? Is that what that was? Well, not at oh. first. Uh -huh. At first, Nina, I was, I was a single mom. Eight, the eight children were pretty much still at home. A couple were in college, a couple were in junior high, some were in high school. And I was an executive in the high tech industries, so how I was a sole financial support. And I had decided to finish up my last two semesters of, at university. And so I was like, huh, I, I was getting maybe four hours sleep a night. And right. often I would do things and it would turn out they didn't have to be done that day. Like I mm. would take a proposal into a client and the client would say, oh, we've completely changed what we want. Sorry, we didn't get to you, but now let's talk about what we really want. So we'd have to redo the whole proposal. Right. right. This was back when you actually went to class and turned papers in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd be in with my paper in my hand and there'd be a note on the door. Oh, the professor's sick. So you, it, it's not really going to be due till next Monday or something. Oh my gosh. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I'd just known, because I was hardly getting any sleep, I could have used those hours for something else. And then I thought, you know what? I know who does know the future. Mm. And that's God. So I'm going to start asking him that, and this is how it started. What do I have to do today? Like, mm. today, all okay. of this what do I have to do today? And I would write down everything I thought had to be done. And then as I paid attention to it, because I had learned to hear that still small voice, I could just go through it, like cross things off. I have no idea why I was doing that. So I just stop it. And I would just <laughs> like, okay, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do this. And then I thought would come do this. So uh -huh. add, 
And sometimes the thought actually didn't even seem related. And often it was just to make, to call someone or drop by and say hi to someone, take someone part of our dinner, just odd little things like that. And, but other times larger, like add a um, certificate program as you're finishing uh -huh. up this last year of university at the certificate program, just things like that, that began to shape my life in a new direction. Wow. And so after, so what happened, you know, is basically my life finally got back under control. That's how it felt. Uh, see, I don't want to have see. to bother God anymore with this, you know? So <laughs> I, you know, I can, I think I can handle it. I can take it from here. God, thanks. And then, you know, it got out of control again. And this time when I did it, I thought, oh, you know, I think he likes us to ask. Mm. I think he likes us to ask. Mm. Um, however you think of the divine or your higher power or whatever it is, mm -hmm. I think, or it's your true self, they want to be asked. What mm -hmm. do you want mm -hmm. me to? Because that's what led me in the direction of my, my personal higher purpose. Right. I mean, it builds relationship, right? It's a relationship you're building as you're talking to God and asking him what you should do today. So the, so that you're making him the priority in your life. And you're like, um, really seeking out counsel, really seeking out guidance, right. Throughout yes. your day. And, and that's, I think a beautiful thing in any relationship, right? So I can see how that can be a very powerful shift in your life. You know, from like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do to God, you know, what do you want me to do? How, how do I, you know, fulfill this list or do what I need to really do, you know, and not like have all of these other, like what they say, the, the wolves that, that steal the blessing, right? Like you have right. all this stuff and, but you have so much stuff going on and with eight kids, I mean, that's a busy household, right? So right. I can imagine that you needed that steady that steadiness in your life. So talk to me about how that became a book. How did you translate what you were doing on a list as a book or, uh, you know, cause you said in his footsteps is about that, right? Your to-do list. Is that correct? And it, it was the experiences that I had as I did that. I so see. Okay. Him, I need to go visit this person. And I would write, Oh, here's what happened when I oh, so you journal it as well. Okay. In a sense. Or it was, um, you know, things I learned from people so that as I can remember a friend saying she liked purple, I like purple. And so she said, you know, you can't get purple without red. And then she said the one thing she hated in her life was having been sexually abused by a favorite uncle. Mm. And she said, so she went to God with that and said, I could take everything else. You know, their house had burned down. They'd lost a business, different things. But just that one thing. And his answer to her was, what is the, the character trait you are most proud of? And she immediately saw the relationship between that abuse and, and the development of that character trait, mm. which said to her, you know, that God does bring some healing into our lives. And she said, again, you can't get purple without red. And so, you know, like blue skies and then this red comes into your life. That is what creates this purple. Right. And so I will share things like that. Or when my son was 15, one of my sons, oh my gosh, the most obnoxious kid ever. And so as one day I was like, no. Um, I love him. I think I can't, I know. I know what you mean though. I know what I love you mean. Him he's my kid. 
Uh, I'm not really liking it. That is so real, Margaret. That is so real. <laughs> it's real life, right? That's what I'm writing. It's real I'm life. That is straight and talk right said, now. <laughs> he said, I want you to pray. Help me to see him as I, God, see him. Help me to love him as I, God, love him. And so I began that prayer, which I have used so many times since then. And I can tell you, it was the, the most astounding thing because, I mean, really, the kid, you know, he was laddering in three varsity sports and he was just thought he was so cool and I was not. And I'm at my mom's house looking through a woman's magazine that, you know, people used to get those delivered to their house. Yeah. And I'm looking and I'm reading this. I started reading this article about this kid who had accused a coach in the high school of abuse. And he'd basically been pilloried because the coach was a mm. favorite coach. And I started reading it because I thought, oh, that's something like that just happened in our high school. And then as I read on, I thought, oh, this is about our high school. Oh, wow. And then he said, as the article goes on to say that he was really suicidal and depressed, but he had one thing that kept him going on his nightstand next to his bed. He had this framed, I want to, oh, no, I always forget the word for it. A petition, but only a few kids had signed it. They basically said, you know, we're with you and we stand with you. And as soon as I read that, I knew whose name was on top on the list because I remember the day I was taking this obnoxious 15-year-old to school and he said, as he got out, I've, I've got this petition because I don't like how this kid is being treated at the school and I'm going to go to the principal and get permission to pass it around so I can get people to sign mm. And then when I picked him up in the afternoon, I said, how'd that go? And he said, well, the principal said, we're not talking about this at school anymore. Wow. This is, this is a lawsuit going on and we're not, we're done. And so he was angry about that, but he did get a few friends to sign it and they gave it to that young man. Wow. Now here's like this top jock in the school handing this over to the kid. And, and as soon as, I mean, literally the minute I read that sentence, what kept him going was this framed petition that had only been wow. saved. And I thought, oh, that's who God sees. Yeah. That's powerful, Margaret. Holy Toledo. Wow. I've had other, I mean, I had another experience. I was in an inner city, mm. a church in the inner city, and I was at a conference. But on Sundays, I would just go to church, wherever I was, wherever the conference was. And so there I was, and I'm kind of sitting there being the most judgmental, I mean, just incredibly judgmental person, just looking at people and thinking, hmm, mismatched plaids. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, or, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then this, this kid there with a really bad haircut, and I'm just like, oh, you know, like maybe someone else could cut it. For, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, you know, Heavenly Father, I, I have to leave. I mean, I can't just sit here, yeah. like looking down on these people. I, right. I either have to leave, or you have to let me see them as you see them. And Nina, it was like as if shackles fell off my eyes, and they just were glowing with mm -hmm. light. And I could see this woman wearing the mismatched plaids, just loving on this young guy. And then he's telling us later about his life that he had come back to church because he, I don't know, he saw a Bible in the trash and he thought, you know, that's what I've done with my life wow, and my religion. Wow, wow, wow. And, and he said he lost all his friends when he came back to church because he stopped drinking and drugging. And this lady, 
<laughs> I mean, his bad haircut and her mismatched class, just so much love there. And yeah. I felt it. And I, so I know that was a great, great prayer. So I yeah. like that. That's like, that's so amazing. People, I love it. Read the book and they'll be like, oh, I'm going to try that. That's what yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. yeah. And you know what that, but that's real too, right? Because I think, you know, I, I believe in God too. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And, um, and I know that I've been through many of the phases that you're talking about, right? Like being judgmental, not seeing things for the way God sees them, because we get into our own head, we get into our own humanity, our own flesh, right? right? And that causes issues, it causes problems, because we think we know it all, right? And so God has to like forcefully humble us. And then we go, Oh, okay, you're God. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I'm not God. You're God. Got it. You know, <laughs> you know, but right. like stories like that are so powerful, Margaret, because it helps you to look inside of you and just realize that when you're saying, Oh, you know, that person with the platter that you don't know what somebody's been through. And I have had to be humbled myself by God, for, you know, with things like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful thing, right? Cause it helps you develop. It helps you develop as a human, as a person, it helps you develop as a Christian, you know, uh, it helps you to try to see things a little bit broader and bigger than, you know, so, uh, so close minded. And I used to be very close minded. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's beautiful. I love that you took the time to write all of those experiences in a book. And those are just a couple that you've given me, but think about your 15 year old who annoyed you. Cause I had one. So I, I totally get it. <laughs> um, uh, but the way God uses them, right. Yes. To impact lives is incredible to me. Like what the, this, I have the, my middle child was that was your 15 year old as my middle child. And um, he is such an impact her, he, he loves impacting lives. Like that's what he loves to do. And I'm just like, wow. And for so many, for so many years, he annoyed me to no end. I was like, what am I going to do with this kid? You know, but God knows what he's doing and he creates them so differently. So what did, did you continue that, that way of writing for the second and the third one coming out, like that same to-do list, or did you shift it a little bit for your other books? It's shifting a little bit, but what is the same is that relationship with God, where I'm mm -hmm. going in and saying, like, tell me about this, and why is this happening, or here's a hard time I'm going through, and some experience I had, that things I learned from. And mm -hmm. in the second book, I like to talk about um, specific prayers. So <clears throat> we were actually in, uh, like, an inner city, southwestern city, and so sometimes we had to just meet with people who only spoke Spanish and my Spanish, I mean, the people would even tell me to my face that, you know, your Espanol es muy mal. I can remember. So we were, had some people who would meet us there who would kind of translate because they wanted us to bring some Bible messages, which we're doing. And I can remember one night the, the people who were supposed to meet us there, like I could come up with a lesson and give it but i would ask a question and they would answer and i'd be like i have no idea <laughs> the right, just said, right. could you talk to me like i'm two so right. so i was sitting here this is what i was praying help those people drive by and see our car and know we need help mm. and i prayed it over and over and the next day I ran into them and they said, wow, you are brave. Like we drove by that house last night and we saw your car and we thought, wow, they are brave because they need a lot of help. 
but they didn't come in. And I thought, well, I didn't actually pray for that. Now did I? And now I don't think God's being mean. I don't think he's like, I think he was saying, Margaret, you need be to specific. learn a lesson here. I want you to be specific. Mm. Well, then here mm. we are three years later. We were, now we've been up in Alaska and we're driving home. We're actually driving from one place to another in Alaska. And I mean, honestly, that state is like from Texas to Oregon. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And there's only like a million people in the whole state. So you're often on the road by yourself, slippery mountains. Yeah. And my husband suddenly sort of slides half on and off the road. You know how that happens? Mm. We're in a truck. And I thought, my gosh, we're going to end up tumbling down this mountainside. So I'm praying, please keep us upright. That's what I'm praying. Please keep us upright. Please keep us upright. And then I, I say, I take a minute. So why, why aren't you getting us back on the road? And he said, well, there's too big of a difference. Like, oh, at first I said, why don't you stop? And he said, if I stop, I might get stuck and there's no one out here. And he said, I can't, there's too big of a difference. That was my next question. So I can't pull us back up because, you know, I would end up like swerving all the way across the other wow, side. Scary. Yes. So then I thought, oh, please help us find a place where we can get back up on the road. And that is immediately that happened. He found a place where it sort of, so I was like, yeah, okay. So that was a second time. I love stories like this. I love keep it. Keep us upright. Keep us upright. And he did that. <laughs> and then I was that like, so funny. And I, was, and I think, I mean, like I said, he's, he's not being mean, but he is clear and concise with us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he really is, especially if you're paying attention, you know, um, it's funny, right? Because, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think all of us are growing spiritually or at least wanting to grow. Those of us who know God, no, we don't know everything of God. Right. So we, we're really right. trying to grow and just do the best we can. And um, I, I understand what you're saying and the stories that you're saying to me, you know, resonate with me because I have a very similar relationship with God. And I, I remember just one little quick story. I remember one time I, 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 we had one car, we were really struggling financially, didn't have any, uh, enough money. And I remember saying, God, can I just have a, a, a small car to get me from A to B? I just want to get from home to work, work to home without, you know, having to do so much. Right. And that was like on a Wednesday and Sunday I go to church and my pastor's son does, I don't know them really, but he comes to me, he says, listen, I have been in prayer all week. I said, okay. He goes, and God just keeps putting you in my face. And I said, all right. And he takes his keys out of his pocket. He goes here. I said, what is this? He said, God said you needed a car to get from A to B. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's so what? true, Nina. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. my, I, I was, I, I, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I still blow. And that's just one story of many that he's done to me. I, and it was, and guess what? It was a small car. It was a two-seater yeah, Del Sol. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should have said Mercedes or Lexus. Yeah, right. or <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, is like, you're right. I think that you, there's something special about that. I think there's something so special about wanting to connect with, with God, wanting to connect with somebody who has, who's very, who loves you more than anyone will ever love you and never steer you wrong. And even when we've gone through things, like I know you have stories in your life where you have gone through difficult things because we all have. And I realize that God has used my story and all that I've been through. And I'm pretty sure you have found this to really impact someone's life, yes. whether it's directly our family, our children or whatever, or friends or people at church or whoever it is. 
And I really love what you're doing. I love that you're sharing your stories and your experiences. I think a lot of people can get a lot from this, Margaret. So I want to thank you very much for being here and doing that. Thank you. That's, well, I'm really grateful. Thanks for sharing your stories too. Yeah. Thank and you. so I think that's it. I think the whole point of giving my to-do list is it is because I spend time each day yeah. and kind of thinking about what's going on, but also, you know, basically that's my way of saying shape my life. Yeah. Yeah. So good. We only have one. Right. So we might as well make it happen and make it count. Good and for you. I love things. it. It's often just small things. Yeah. But, yeah. And, but the small things are what matters. It's those small right. things are what matters. I mean, that's literally what matters. That's what you're paying attention to. That's what's in your life. You know, so I'm really happy about what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I'm going to pick up a book. I'm going to pick up that book because I have to read it. <laughs> so Margaret, um, before I let you go, though, I do want my audience to know how they can read these stories because I feel like it'll fill us, you know, like with inspiration. You know, there's a lot of negativity out there, right? So yes. wherever, whenever we can find these God winks, these stories where God just shows up, you know, I love to share that. So tell us where we can get your book and support you and follow you and all that stuff. Okay, so there is a website in hisfootsteps.com. And um, I have my books on there. I have Got Me on there. And I have one book out on Audible and the second one's coming out. And okay. then, you know, you can just click wherever you like to get your books. It's there. And then uh, at the bottom is my social media links. Okay. So you can follow okay. me. And then I also, I do a newsletter once a month and a little pop-up. It doesn't cover the whole screen. It'll just come up. And it has, you know, it's usually very short. It has maybe a story like that, that's sharing an experience where I learned something and and then more about what's happening with that third book, which one hopes awesome. I will eventually finish. But that's my plan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love, uh, I love talking to you, Margaret. Thank you. I love your energy. I love talking to you. And thank you for writing your stories. Honestly, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Guys, thank you so, so much for listening. I love stories like this. I love talking to people like Margaret because they come on here and they give you some inspiration and they let you realize you're not alone. There is a God out there who loves you. Just communicate with him, have a relationship with him, you know, let him guide your life. It'll be the best decision you'll ever make. But thank you guys so much for being here with us. This is Nina Perez. This is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.